Well, good morning, everybody. We're going to be looking at 2 Chronicles, chapter 24. It's going to be up on the screen, but good, good to follow it in your own Bibles. It's 2 Chronicles, chapter 24. I'm going to start reading at verse 17, 17 to 22. <clears throat> A couple of names which I've been trying to get my head around. <laughs> Jehoiada. Jehoiada, Jehoiada. Right, so verse 17 says this. Now after the death of Jehoiada, the leaders of Judah came and bowed down to the king, and the king listened to them. Therefore they left the house of the Lord God of their fathers and served wooden images and idols. And wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem because of their trespass. Yet he sent prophets to them, to bring them back to the Lord, and they testified against them, but they would not listen. Then the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest, who stood above the people and said to them, Thus says God, Why do you transgress the commandments of the Lord, so that you cannot prosper? Because you have forsaken the Lord, he also has forsaken you. So they conspired against him, and at the command of the king, they stoned him with stones in the court of the house of the Lord. Thus, Joash, the king, did not remember the kindness which Jehoiada, his father, had done to him, but killed his son. And as he died, he said, the Lord look on it and repay. So we're going to be looking a little bit at the life of Joash. Um, and when I read this passage, it, it, it seemed quite relevant um, to today. And um, the things that are mentioned in this passage, uh, you can see how things are still happening to this, uh, you know, in this day. Um, I, I've picked up four points. Um, I, I started off with three, the typical, typical three, but then another one came to me. So we can see that how, how in this passage, how people turned from God and they started worshipping other gods just like we do, people do today. We can also see in this passage how through God's grace, he sent people to warn people that they weren't worshipping God and that they should turn back to God. You know, he didn't destroy them immediately. He gave them a chance by sending prophets to help them understand they should be worshipping God. Just like we go out and tell people today that, that, that we should be worshipping God. Uh, we see it here in this passage as well. And the prophet said that you will, not you will not prosper if you disobey the Lord. It might look like you are at the time, but in the end it won't, it won't work out well for you. Uh, and then a third point I, I saw was the, the very end of the passage says, May the Lord look on it and repay you, or call you to account. And we know that one day we'll all have to give an account before God, won't we? Just like it says in this passage. And then the final point that I saw was that people uh, didn't like being told that they weren't living the right way. So they killed the messenger. People don't like being told that they're not following God. Um, not necessarily people are getting killed today, but people are certainly uh, being persecuted. Um, and at, at the very end there, as, as we read, we see the, the last words... Um, it says, uh, as, as he died, he said, the Lord look on it and repay you. 
um, the last words of Zechariah. Um, and I, I found a few, uh, few quotes of uh, last words of famous people. I'm not really sure who some of these people are, but I thought I'd just read through some of the last words. Some of them are quite sad. Some of them say, I have provided in the course of my life for everything except death. And now, alas, I am to die unprepared. Uh, Ludwig van Beethoven said, too bad, too bad, it's too late. Another man says, I am, I am about to take my last voyage, a great leap into the dark. Uh, someone else said, oh God, have pity on my soul. Oh God, have pity on my soul. Someone else said, um, all the wisdom of this world is but a tiny raft upon which we must set sail when we leave this earth. If only there was a firmer foundation upon which to sail, perhaps some divine word. Um, a British comedian said, nobody will ever know I existed. Nothing to leave behind me, nothing to pass on, nobody to mourn me. That's the bitterest blow of all. Um, someone called Luther Burbank said, I don't feel good. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's, uh, that's quite an appropriate thing to say when you last word, isn't it? Um, someone said, go on, get out. Last words are for fools who haven't said enough. Um, it is a bit embarrassing to have been concerned with the human problem all one's life and find at the end that one has no more to offer by way of advice than try and be a little kinder. I have offended God and mankind because my work did not reach the quality it should be. Someone who obviously knew about God. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, two and two do not make six. That's a bit random, one, isn't it? A dying man can do nothing easy, and so on and so on. Um, God, what has happened? And uh, finally, someone said, never felt better. <laughs> so there are some weird, some strange ones. There are some encouraging ones. Trust in God and you shall have nothing to fear. And that's very true, isn't it? Death is the great key that opens the palace of eternity. And finally, my dear children, do not grieve for me. I am my God's. I belong to him and I go but a short time but before you, but before you. and I hope and trust to meet you all in heaven. And that's amazing, isn't it? That's something we can look forward to as Christians, as believers in Jesus Christ. We know that we don't need to fear death and we can look forward to an eternity. So, um, Look at these points that I mentioned a minute ago. We'll, we'll look at those um, in a minute. But um, first, we'll have a bit of background to this passage. You know, it's a, it's a bit of a random passage in the middle of everything. Um, so how we, how we come to these verses, it says in, in um, chapter 22 um, and verse 10, um, Atalia, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the royal heirs of the house of Judah. So um, as King Isaiah died and his mother, um, Atalia, wanted to be queen, um, so she ordered all her grandsons to be killed so that she could be the rule of Judah. One of the grandsons, Joash, he escaped the killings. So his aunt, um, Jehosheba, 
saved him by keeping him hidden in one of the rooms of the temple of the Lord, and she hid him for six years. That sounds um, interesting, doesn't it? I wonder how you would hide a child for six years. Eventually, the news about Joash came out, um, came out and he became the king. Um, so when the queen heard he had been saved, she tore her clothes. This is what it says in the previous chapter. The queen tore her clothes and she shouted treason because she was upset that, um, that she was not going to be the queen anymore. Um, so when people tore their clothes, it was a tradition um, for someone who was mourning or someone who was sad. Um, so the soldiers then were ordered to take her out and they killed her. Then Jehoiah, who was a godly man, made a covenant that, 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 that all the people should, um, should be the Lord's people. They were going to worship the Lord. Then they went out and destroyed the temple of Baal, broke all the false images and the idols. And eventually the temple of God was used to actually worship God. Now we read in verse 1 um, of, of chapter 24 that Joash was only seven years old when he became king. That's crazy, isn't it? Seven-year-old king. Can you imagine there's children here um, in our congregation? Can you imagine one of those being crowned the king at, at seven years old? You know, the age of you know, Adam or Gideon or Abigail or Eli. Can you imagine one of those being a king? That's crazy, isn't it? But he was so Joash was seven when he became king and he reigned for 40 years. So obviously he was too young to rule a nation. So that's where the high priest Jehodia, who was a god man, who wanted the people to worship God, he became Joash's mentor, Joash's tutor and his mentor. So no doubt the Lord had saved Joash. He protected Joash for the six, seven years of his life. And it was all part of God's plan, wasn't it? And this goes to show how important it is to have a Christian upbringing you know, Joash from the age of seven um, was, was worked alongside uh, Jehoiada, um, and he taught in the ways of the Lord. And it's a good start to life, isn't it, to, have, um, to be taught about God and taught about the Bible. Um, I was, um, it's also, it, it, it's biblical as well, obviously, isn't it? It says in Proverbs 22, it says they should train up children in the way that they should go. And when they are old, they won't depart from it. So that shows how important it is that we should be teaching children about God. I was reminded of an atheist, a famous atheist. I saw a little clip. Um, I have problems trying to watch him. He winds me up. Um, I saw a little clip about him. And, and, and he was saying that, that religions shouldn't be taught in schools at all. Um, he's a very hard-hearted man. Um, and he doesn't believe in God, and he needs a lot of prayer. But he was saying that religion should not be taught in schools at all. So what about when people start, when the children start asking questions? We, you know, those of us who have young children, we, they ask questions all the time, don't they, about how, how did the world come about? Um, what is the point of, of life? Why do people suffer? Um, where do babies come from? Uh, Abigail's been asking that, and she's been told, I'm not sure if one of her teachers told her that she needs to wait till she's in year six to find out. Um, but, you know, what do we say to these children um, if we're not allowed to teach them about religion or teach them about God? Where do we point them if we're not allowed to talk to them about that? Um, you could offer them uh, an evolution theory, couldn't you? It, it is just a theory. 
it's, and it amazes me that schools te still teach a theory. I think they spend more time talking about a theory rather than they do talking about God. And that's a real shame. It amazes me, really does amaze me that they're still teaching a theory. So a Christian upbringing, uh, you know, it doesn't always work out how you would expect. As we can see in this passage, um, Joash actually turns away from God in the end. Uh, and people turn, turn away from the Bible's teachings and they turn away from God's teachings because they, can, they think they can do it better their own way. I've been there myself and I've got the t-shirt. But we trust that when they grow up, when they're older, that the truths that they were taught when they were younger, that they will remember the God of their youth. That's a verse in Ecclesiastes, isn't it? It says that, remember your creator in the days of your youth. And we trust that God will bring them back. We've taught them the right way, and we trust that God will bring them back. Um, you know, I can relate to falling away from my Christian upbringing, and I regret the years that I spent not learning and not studying God's word. I could have spent a lot more time worshipping God and studying his word, but um, I chose to go my own way. So Joash, we see he had a good upbringing, and it's as in verse 2, it says, um, Joash did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jeho Jehoiada the priest. So it looked like Joash was going to be a good king because he was obeying the Lord. The godly people around him, living in Judah, they must have been really happy, as we would be, wouldn't they, if there was a, a, a godly king. Uh, they would have been really happy that an obedient descendant of David was on the throne. But they didn't know that his faith was shallow, and he only obeyed God to please Jehoiada. Joas was a good follower, but he wasn't a good leader. Because when Jehoiada died, Joash went his own way and he disobeyed the Lord. It says in 17, verse 17, Now after the death of Jehoiada, the leaders of Judah came and bowed down to the king, and the king listened to them. So he didn't listen to what he had been taught, uh, and he didn't listen to God, but he listened to the leaders of Judah. Verse 15 says, Jehoiada died aged 130. So remember, this is the godly man. He was much loved. He was much loved by the people, and they buried him with kings. He wasn't actually a king, but when he died at the age of 130, he was buried with the kings. That's how much they liked him. But after his death, Joash showed his true colours, and he abandoned his faith. It wouldn't have been Jehoiada's fault. Remember, he was a high priest, so he would have taught him the scriptures and he would have taught Joash the, name, the, the ways of the Lord. Now the problem was Joash had a shallow faith and he wanted to please people rather than God. He wanted to please people rather than pleasing God. There's a lesson there for all of us, isn't there? It's important that we please God over pleasing people. At the end of verse 17 and 18, um, it says that they persecuted him to abandon the temple of the Lord. Sorry, they persuaded him to abandon the temple of the Lord and they worshipped wooden images and idols instead. So Joash's actions give us a clear warning that simply knowing God's truth isn't enough. We must obey God's word. We must soak ourselves in God's word. 
You know, when we have a shower, we have a quick shower and we come back out. But when we have a bath, we soak ourselves and we have a good clean. And that's what we should do when we, when we read God's word. We don't pick it up and read it and then put it back down. We should pick it up and read it and, and soak ourselves in it. We must breathe, eat and drink to stay alive. And that's exactly what Jesus offers, isn't it? He is the breath of life. He's the food of life. And he quenches our thirst. And we get all this from reading God's word, from a relationship with him. We're reminded at Christmas time, um, as the high priests went looking for Jesus, um, they came, sorry, as, as, as the shepherds went looking for Jesus, they came to the high priest and asked where Jesus was born. And the shepherds went off to find Jesus. But the high priest didn't go there. The high priest had knowledge of him, but the high priest didn't go and follow him. And that's what we must do. We need to follow Jesus. It's no good just to have his knowledge, but we need to obey him and follow him. We must follow Jesus because he is the way, he's the truth, and he is the life. We must obey his truth. It says so in Ephesians 6. It says we must obey his truth, obey his truth with all of our heart. Truth in the mind can lead to obedience, but truth in the heart and obedience from the heart will produce a godly character. God's words and God's will must be internalised. Psalm 119 says it must be received into our hearts. I saw a Bible commentary quote, it said, until duty and discipline become delight, we are only reluctant servants who obey God because we have to not because we want to we should want to be pleasing god so jehoiada who was a, only a religious um prop um which the king lent on that it seems the king um joash was leaning on jehoiada when he was removed the king fell so although joash had potentially a good beginning to his reign it doesn't mean that he had a good ending. Joash had every encouragement to be a good, godly man, but he didn't take advantage of his opportunities by taking God's truth into his heart. Um, it says in, in verse 3 that Jehoiada chose two wives for Joash, because jo, um, Jehoiada was a, as a, a wise man and he would have chosen him some good wives. And, and, and that shows the importance of having wise people around us, uh, godly people around us. It's important for young people to take advice when it comes to marriage and when it comes to life. As Joash did here, he let Jehoiada choose his wives for him. Older and wiser people are really important in young Christian lives. I'm sure we can all remember faithful people who we've grown up with, older, faithful people, and we appreciate the words of wisdom that they can give us. I'm often having conversations with older people, and I really appreciate the, 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 the words of wisdom that come from, from the older people. We appreciate the people who have been around for a long time, who have studied God's word longer than I have, and we can go to them and ask for advice, and they are very helpful. I'm often, often encouraged by speaking to older people. Um, godly people, just like Jehoiada was. So we can see here the, the sad decline of Joash in, in these verses. God had done great things for him in the past, 
God had saved him from being killed from when he was a baby. Uh, he gave him a good upbringing. And he was married with two sons. He had done great things for God. You know, he'd rebuilt the temple, the house of God. But he's almost ungrateful of what God has done for him because he forgets what God has done. He turns away from him. He would have had money because faithful people left money to help the rebuild of the temple. Um, so he would have been quite well, you would imagine. And there's a quote in Lamentation. He says, how the gold has become dim and the fine gold, the fine gold has changed. He wants more money. Um, he's, you know, he's no doubt got money and power and he's seeking for more. He wants more um, than just worshipping God. And we see how great a mentor Jehodia was. It shows how great a loss it was when a faithful, godly man passes away. I was reminded of the queen, um, how she was faithful to God. And now we have a king who is supposedly a faithful to the God, but he's, he, um, he promotes himself as a defender of the faiths, not a defender of the faith. And it shows the importance of ourselves to make sure that we follow God's words and not follow the words of our kings. We must know what God's will is in our lives, and we must seek to know God and his word so we will know what is right and what is wrong. It's important that we are a light in the world. Jesus said that you are the light of the world. We must go into the world and shine the light of Jesus everywhere we go. Even when we don't feel like it, it's not always easy. But we must shine a light in the darkness. If we follow the king's ideas... We would soon be led astray. We must be ready to step up when older and faithful people aren't around. The Christian faith would soon be fading away if we don't step up and if we don't stand up for Jesus. There's a Paul Washer quote which I came across and it says this, Only a true gospel preached and demonstrated by God's people can overcome the moral corruption in our country. We must study we must pray, we must live. We must study God's word, we must pray, um, God, pray to God and we must live God's word. So we see how Joash was brought up and how he's turned his back on God. Now we can see how in God's grace, he sends people to warn him and his people to turn back to God. That's what it says. It says that he sent... Um, he sent prophets to them to bring them back to the Lord in verse 19 and they testified against him but they would not listen because God is loving he's a loving God we know that don't we God doesn't want people to die in their sins he wants us all to have eternal life not eternal separation because that's what hell is it's eternal suffering and eternal separation he doesn't send people to hell himself People choose to go there. If we've warned them and prayed for them, we must warn people and we must pray for people that they will turn back to God. God does not desire the death of anyone, not even the wicked. What God does take pleasure in is repentance, which leads to life. But these people wouldn't listen. 
As I've already said in verse 19, they would not listen. And it says in verse 20, the spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest, who stood above the people and said to them, Thus says God, why do you transgress the commandments of the Lord so that you cannot prosper? So the son of Joash's mentor, the wise man who helped him to be a good king, the Holy Spirit came upon him and he said, why? Why? Why are you not following God? And maybe we can ask that question ourselves this morning. Maybe you're here and you're not following God. Why? Why are you not following God? What, what is stopping you from following God? This is what the Lord says. Why? Why do you disobey my commandments? Why have you turned your back on God? And what good will it do for you? The wide path leads to destruction. Like sheep, people have gone astray without a shepherd, wandering around aimlessly. Jesus says, in me you will have eternal life. Jesus said, I have come not to condemn but to save the world. Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. So why ignore the truths of God's word? You will not prosper, it says so. You will not prosper. You'll be searching for happiness. The people didn't like what they heard and they stoned him. People don't like the light, don't they? Do they? People don't like Jesus because he shines the light on their sins. I get it in town all the time. I ask people if they'd like to take a Christian leaflet and they say, no, why would I want one of those? And it amazes me that, you know, it's a message of love and forgiveness, but people don't want to know. People are rolling their eyes saying, oh, here we go again. Someone's preaching at me. I don't want to hear it. And it amazes me that people don't want to hear this message of love and forgiveness. Now, if you need to find, if you want to know what, what, how it ends up for Joash, um, he had a great start in life. Um, at the end, it says a small army marched against him. It invaded Judah and it killed all the leaders. They sent all the plunder back to their kings in Damascus. So we see in the Bible how God's people who follow him, um, we see it all through the Bible when, when, we follow, when we fo people who follow God, even though they go to war with a smaller number, they are still victorious because God is greater and God is mightier than the people who do wrong in the world. Because God is mighty to save when you think of David and Goliath, little David, he had God on his side and he killed Goliath. So Joash, in turning his back on God, he lost everything. What good is it to gain the world but to lose your soul? He ends up being killed in the end. Um, and he wasn't even buried in a tomb. He wasn't even buried with other kings like Jehoiada was. Um, Later on, we read that one of his sons becomes king. And that starts off well again, but it also ends up uh, as he, he, worship, he worships false idols, just like his dad did. So even after God had helped him, and he was told God would give him much more than he would ever need, he still turned his back on God. And it seems that people don't learn. All the way through the Bible, it's all about people who turn their back on God. But it never, never works out well in the end, does it? The Lord sent prophets to, prophets to warn him, but he refused to listen. He even plotted with his leaders to have Zechariah, uh, Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, stoned to death 
because he was because he was the king of his sins. Imagine killing the son of the people who saved your life. He'd forgotten that he had saved his life and he ended up killing him. And there's a final warning from Zechariah's Zechariah as he lay dying. He said, the Lord, look on it and repay. Or in other versions it says, may the Lord see this and call you to account. Are we ready to stand before God? When we, when we looked at these famous last words, are we worried about dying? One of them said that they're going into the dark, they're taking a great leap into the dark. But it's not a great leap into the dark if you're a believer, if you're saved by Jesus Christ. You can trust in God and you'll have nothing to fear when it comes to dying. And we can trust to meet our loved ones in heaven. None of us know when we're going to uh, leave this earth, but we can know where we will be going. Trust in God and you will have nothing to fear. We have a great God who is mighty to save. God who, uh, who knows that we all need compassion and we all need a saviour. We have a great God who is mighty to save. I wonder if we can sing our last song. Our God who is mighty to save, please. <laughs>